G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You might recall a significant event in the New South Wales Parliament last year when in March a modern slavery bill was introduced by Paul Green, a member of the Legislative Council representing the Christian Democratic Party. It was the first of its kind in Australia and eventually passed the New South Wales Legislative Council in May last year. In fact, through the complicated processes of getting through the Parliament and the assent of the Governor, the only thing left to do now is to ensure that the new laws are implemented. Paul Green is the Christian Democratic Party Upper House member who was responsible for introducing that bill, and he's joining us today. Hello, Paul. Welcome along to 2020. Yes, thank you very much, Neil, and and very very excited to be on your program. Paul, let's start with the significance of a bill like this in New South Wales, and there is a parallel one federally, but let's talk about yours. Uh, Just how significant was the findings of an inquiry about those crimes of human trafficking and modern slavery? Yeah, look, uh, it's the second bill uh, put through uh, across the world. So it's uh, it's quite a, a very important part of legislation. And, of course, it's been able to mobilise the federal government to catch up. Unfortunately, the federal government's uh, modern slavery bill is somewhat softer than my bill. And, of course, my bill also installs an anti-slavery commissioner as well as uh, increased penalties for offences. So there's some um, very strong differences in those terms, but most of it, um, fortunately, will uh, hopefully be able to be harmonised right across Australia. And, Neil, the reason this is, a lot of people are shocked to find out that there's human trafficking and slavery or slavery-like practices, uh, you know, here in our backyard in Australia and throughout our state. Uh, as much as 15,000 people have actually been caught up in uh, human trafficking and modern-day slavery, and they're the ones that we know of. And there's 45 million people uh, across the world uh, caught up in slavery or slavery-like practices, and 30 million of those are in Asia-Pacific regions. So I think we could not only do well to address modern-day slavery and human trafficking in New South Wales uh, and Australia, but we could lend a big hand to our Asia-Pacific regions. Now, I imagine that since there is a federal parallel bill to the one that you introduced and yours is through and ready to implement in New South Wales, do other states like Queensland and Victoria, South Australia, Tasmania, WA, do they all need to have their own human trafficking, modern slavery style bills like the one you have put through in New South Wales? It's a good question because lots of people say, well, if we had an anti-slavery commissioner in uh, Australia... Uh, federal government, we wouldn't need one for the rest. But my argument is um, it's happening in each state. We know it's happening. A lot of it's, uh, you know, hidden in plain sight. And uh, to have an anti-slavery commissioner in each state would have sort of closed the purse strings and uh, allow us to actually uh, eradicate modern-day slavery and human trafficking out of our states and, of course, out of our nation. And then, as I said earlier, lend a big hand to some of our less fortunate uh, neighbours. You know, um, Neil... 
you know, 75% of those people, of that 30 million uh, people caught up in human trafficking and slavery in Asia are women and girls. And, of course, we know across the globe that 800 million people are earning less than $2 a day. And this is um, fertile ground for these perpetrators that take hold of these uh, people and offer them a, a lot for a little and then eventually just totally uh, destroy and negate their very humanity in the name of exploitation and uh, wealth. Paul, you say that the federal bill is softer than yours, and what gives yours real teeth is the anti-slavery commissioner. Uh, Let's go through some of the sorts of uh, provisions that are in that bill there to actually have some teeth, to be effective. Uh, What sort of things will you be trying to implement as, uh, as you want to see this law widespread and putting an end to this sort of slavery, uh, human trafficking situation in New South Wales? Yeah, the the first thing is to put a plan together. And of course, the Anti-Slavery Commissioner, uh, Professor Jennifer Burns, uh, has been announced as being that person. And so she'll build a plan together that will take off uh, in terms of in July. And of course, um, that'll establish uh, some sort of system that business, uh, both, you know, faith groups, NGOs, corporate and the government uh, to make sure they're looking after their uh, procurement lines to ensure that they're slave-proofing their supply lines. And that's quite significant to have someone with their finger on the pulse specifically for this, um, this particular uh, issue, not a hundred others, so they can be focused. The second thing that the bill actually does, it, it establishes a victim support uh, centre, uh, a centred support system, and that is, you know, most times the victims uh, are pulled out of these things and they're, they're not really thought of about all the exploitation they've been uh, um, undertaken as a uh, human. And then quite often we tend to forget about their humanity and the victim support allows us to sort of say, well, pull them out, but before we ask them questions and and try and, uh, you know, prosecute the case, let's think of of them as a person. Let's clothe them. Let's put some food on their belly. Let's uh, let's make them understand they're in a safe place and, you know, a comfortable place. And then when we've been able to look after their their, their holistic uh, needs and um, we're able to then... uh, you know, extract some information about the perpetrators and then go after the uh, perpetrators. The third part is uh, the increased penalties for offences. People say, you know, uh, we want the carrot not to stick. And I'm a big believer with business that we should be putting carrot uh, before the business is not the stick. However, if someone takes your carrot, you need a stick. (laughs) So uh, the increased penalties are for those businesses that think that they'll be able to do a modern-day slavery statement uh, to the government, propose it, uh, and yet uh, be totally uh, misleading in that and continue to exploit people trying to get a commercial, uh, uh, trying to get ahead a, a commercially on their competitors. So this will, you know, this will cost them um, 10,000 unit uh, um, penalty points um, or it could um, take them uh, in prison for two years and uh, or 1.1 million. And so this is quite significant if you think you're going to mislead the uh, anti-slavery commissioner with a, a, a statement about what you're doing to uh, look at the, sl- um, the slave issue in your supply lines and try and get ahead, uh, there will be a stick there. And, of course, uh, the, the, the fourth point and the major pillar of this thing is that we have also criminalised uh, underage uh, child marriage, uh, where we're seeing a lot of girls between the eight, uh, you know, eight years of age to something like 12 be sold off to uh, older men of 30 or 40 years 
and uh, we just want to make sure we're sending a very clear ma- uh, message that that's un-Australian, that's not our values, and that that, that is criminal. Uh, the other part of that is we've also put some um, um, laws in there to basically track down and hold accountable those people that are involved in cyber sex of children, and that is a lot of people, uh, as I said earlier, the perpetrators taken advantage of those people that can't earn a wage across uh, overseas, uh, will pay them a bit of money to get in front of it or get their children in front of a camera and, of course, uh, sex exploit them uh, through the internet. And, of course, uh, many Australians, very, very sadly, Neil, are paying per view and as um, a, a market that is increasing, sadly. And, of course, those kids have been exploited. So we put some very tough uh, laws in there to deal with cyber sex trafficking of children. So, Paul, you're supporting the victims and you're holding big business accountable. And I know that by way of setting some levels of how you actually implement the law, it is big business and it is government that will primarily be in the sights there. And with your commissioner, who's going to be responsible for uh, for wielding the big stick if uh, the carrot doesn't work. Now, I imagine that those mandatory reporting requirements are going to be pretty uh, important. Uh, and if people get it wrong, as you say, if they don't tell the truth about what's going on, that's when you'll come down like a ton of bricks. Is that the case? Yeah, that's that's very good. And of course, another difference between my bill and the or my act and the federal government act is the the threshold for the federal government is that uh, businesses only need to put in that modern slavery statement uh, with a threshold of earning of over a hundred million dollars. Whereas my uh, bill is $50 million, uh, which is consistent with the uh, UK Modern Slavery uh, Act, which is about 35,000, uh, uh, sorry, 35 million pounds. So, so we've sort of stuck with what's the benchmark from the UK, and we would have liked to have seen the federal government bring their threshold down. But look, at the end of the day, uh, it's not about if businesses find slavery in their supply lines. What we want them to do is be proactive about um, dealing with that and making sure that uh, ceases. But for those businesses that are happy to get ahead and try and be, uh, you know, more com- um, commercially um, endowed because of exploitation and they're ahead of their competitors, uh, they're the sorts of businesses, you know, uh, they won't last long, uh, Neil, because their reputation will be ruined because people are just not happy, the consumers and community expectation of products uh, in that situation, they'll just come down on those businesses like a ton of bricks. So it's not going to be good for businesses. This is about a race to the top. Who's going to be the, the leading business that is doing the right things the right way in the right order to ensure, ensure that their, uh, their product and, and goods and services are not um, in, uh, tainted with uh, slaves or human trafficking? Well, not surprised at all that a bill like this first emanated from the Christian Democratic Party and I know you work closely with your colleague Fred Nile in the Upper House in the New South Wales Parliament and when you've got issues like this from that Christian ethic perspective, following in the footsteps of a William Wilberforce and no doubt you've been aligned with William Wilberforce but it is a champion's role when you do take on these things and you finally get something through the parliament like you have so congratulations yeah look thank you but i I put it like this neil is uh i've I've been in a very amazing place with the balance of power with the honorable fred nile we've had an amazing time with new south wales 
New South Wales is $110 billion better off because of our uh, sharing of that balance of power and making sure we've been able to bring reforms to New South Wales. Mums and dads have got jobs. They've been able to pay their mortgages, feed their kids, uh, have holidays, uh, you know, pay their uh, utility bills, uh, even though it's just in some cases because of the price of those. But look, the Christian ethic, you, you knocked it on the head. For me, you know, we, we've been given the privilege by the good Lord to... Uh, be in Parliament, and we're mission. I, I see ourselves as missionaries in Parliament. Um, you know, it's it's quite simply trying to love God and love people. And and what an amazing thing that we can actually uh, love people by, uh, in terms of governance and, and making sure that the, uh, the that the budget is in surplus, the infrastructure or hospitals or schools are being delivered to our communities, and that uh, people are having the you know the best opportunity to enjoy their life, their family, their communities, and and they've got the infrastructure to be connected and be strong community. So, look, it's it's pretty amazing that Fred's been there for over 38 years and, of course, uh, myself for eight years, and uh, I hope people will just uh, keep us there in the future because uh, it's getting harder and, and harder for us to uh, share our worldview in, in the place of politics. Well, we're all very familiar with just how significant and how powerful the balance of power can be when you are in the parliament, whether it's the federal parliament, and we're talking about the Senate, or as we have a New South Wales state election coming up on Saturday the 23rd of March, that balance of power in the New South Wales upper house, the Legislative Council, very important too. And from my understanding, 21 out of the 42 upper house members will be up for re-election and Fred Nile is he's staying put. He's not up for re-election, but you are, Paul. Uh, that's yeah. something, I, I guess, you're campaigning like you've never campaigned before. <laughs> I am. Look, but I am believing that, you know, the Christians and people of goodwill, which there's many out there in rural New South Wales, uh, you know, the, the people out in the communities, which we love very much. Uh, I guess that the difference between uh, me and Mark Latham and David Linehelm or the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers, I mean, they're, they're, they're all good people and they all mean well. Um, I certainly, our, our focus, uh, Neil, is, you know, is to protect scripture in schools, to ensure that we've got chaplaincy in our schools now more than ever because of the challenges our young people are having and, of course, being able to make sure that um, we have freedom of religion, that we're, we're still in a country that we're able to share our faith and, and not be ashamed or not be... Uh, put, persecuted for it. Uh, now more than ever, we need to look after those things. Uh, our Christian schools, our Christian teachers, you know, we, we do have a worldview and we want the same respect to be able to share those values as any other person has a, a, a right to share their values. Uh, Paul, uh, we'll get another opportunity to talk before the election, but thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today and talking about the implementation of that uh, slavery bill law that has come into being in New South Wales and ready to go. Paul Green is the Christian Democratic Party Upper House member, uh, member of the Legislative Council, and uh, Paul, just thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Yeah, look, thanks, Neil, and thanks to your 2020 listeners and uh, just appreciate their support for those that would like to support us. Then go to paulgreen.com.au. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.